Down a dark, cold corridor lurks a masked figure. Strange occurrences that lead to desperation. Creepy stalker or romantic hero? Today, by listener request, we examine the numerous iterations of the Phantom of the Opera on Shriek Previews! To Shriek Previews. Hello everyone, this is a nefarious animal and his partner, the fiendish Brent Allen. Ooh, I, I like that. Nefarious and fiendish. We sound like hip-hop artists. <laughs> so, Brent, the Phantom of the Opera, what'd you think? Well, depends on which iteration, you're, which version you're talking about. Like most people, my introduction well not my introduction because i'd heard of the phantom of the opera when i was younger but the first real exposure to the phantom was the andrew lloyd weber musical Mm. what most people don't realize is the phantom of the opera has its origins in a a novel written by a, a french journalist named gaston larue and he wrote that in 1910 the first version of the, it in movie form was, I believe, 1925, That was Lon Chaney's version. Lon Chaney, right. Mm. A silent film, which was very different from the version that people are used to today. Mm. In the original, it was more of a horror film. Mm. Although, being a silent film, they had to rely more on visuals and such. And the film touched on the major plot points from LaRue's novel, but there wasn't a whole lot of plot development because you can't really with a silent film. And that was my first experience with Phantom of the Opera. And uh, I thought it was very well done. Great production value for the time. Mm -hmm. Great use of shadows and lighting. Yeah. I I heard that uh, Lon Chaney went through great uh, lengths to, uh, and had, to use some kind of facial hooks for his uh the nose the nose and it was you know and it was it was well done yeah and you know Lon Chaney came up with the visual the makeup on his own based on the description in the original novel that was pretty much the only time where the phantom's appearance was was fairly true to the novel thereafter it became more of a a partial face disfigurement and uh, mm. obviously with the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, not only was it just part of the face, but he only wore a partial mask at that point. Mm. To make it kind of look more aesthetically pleasing or aesthetically kind of pleasing. Right. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know. Mask stranger type of thing, yeah. you know. Webber wanted to make the Phantom more of a, a tragic romantic hero or mm. romantic figure. Whereas originally it was it was a horror story essentially, yeah. the Phantom isn't a romantic figure. He's a he's a stalker. Stalker. He's yeah. Which is kind of funny if you think about. There are so many people out there that really enjoy the Phantom of the Opera, the the most current iteration. Yet, if they were to hear about you know somebody like this doing this stuff in real life, oh that you know oh. this. Social justice warriors would would get up in arms and whatever, and he'd be he'd be ostracized. Exactly. But because, well, I I I want to say because it's fictional that they don't mind. But as we've seen lately, 
fictional with you know Pepe Le Pew has been canceled and has he? Yeah, yeah, they've they've taken him out of the new Space Jam uh, sequel because uh, why? Because he's too rapey. Because he's too rapey. Well, can we bring back Speedy Gonzalez? Sure. I mean, didn't they cancel him before cancel culture was a probably? You know, but I mean, anyway, you'd you'd think he'd be able to just run up the side of the wall. (laughs) 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 Anyway, yeah. But, um, so then, you know, we skip ahead to, there was, uh, I, I forget when the next movie came out. I believe it was in the, I think it was in the fifties, the, the Herbert Lom version. Yes. Herbert Lom was the, uh, an old English, uh, no, was he French or English? He was an old European actor that, uh, is famous for being Inspector Clouseau's, uh, boss. Oh, I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yes, he's the one that goes nuts, and in the end, he's tied in a straitjacket. Hmm. That's Herbert. He played the Phantom. Right. But and, um, I think there's nothing like uh, the the original Lon Chaney right. one, even today, the classic scene where he gets unmasked. Right, and, and he's, he's got like, his eyes wide, wide open and his no nose is just freaky. I heard and, that. And even masked. Even the mask that he wears was kind of creepy. Yeah, it was definitely creepy. Mm-hmm. I heard that in the when that movie first came out to theater goers, that scene where he's unmasked and they see that was terrifying for people. And, and like some people fainted from, from seeing that now, granted audiences back in the twenties were a little, a a little uh, more sensitive. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, you know, and then, you know, the, the Herbert Lom version in the fifties that really drifted away from the horror aspect of it. It became more of a, I don't even want to say drama. It was, at, at times it was almost slapstick. That, that's part of the evolution. Yes, yes, there was. Even in, even in the old 1925 Lon Chaney version, there's a lot of comedic element to it. If you really pay attention, there's a lot of little things that they do that's kind of like supposed to be kind of slapstick or funny. Well, sure. Like when the uh, the managers return to their office yeah. and they see the, the note sitting on the desk and their eyes get wide and they overact like, oh, what and is And they run this? out of the room. Right, you know. <laughs> yes. But I think men, they just right. get scared. I think part of that too, though, is they needed to overact visually to portray what they were thinking and feeling because there wasn't any dialogue for that. Now, there's this version um, of Phantom of the Opera that I really love to this day. I saw it when I was a kid. It's called Phantom of the Paradise. Hmm, I'm not yeah. familiar with that one. It's kind of a rock and roll take on the Phantom of the Opera. And it's very interesting to watch. I highly recommend you see it if you're a Phantom of the Opera fan. And uh, it came out in 1974. It's a musical horror movie. This is a phantom. He looks like Batman. Yeah, or a big bird. <laughs> big bird. Some kind of a big big bird Batman. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of good uh, actors of the day. Paul Williams, Jessica Harper, who we just reviewed in, uh, in Suspiria, was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, William Finley, Garrett Graham. Excellent movie. Well, I really liked it. I think it's not... Um, not for everybody, but uh, you could tell from the movie poster, it's like a rock and roll take. Yeah, on, that does. You know. Yeah, that's. Uh... But it's a fun movie. It's a fun take on uh, on a classic fan of the opera. Same, pretty much the same story. That that movie poster, you know, I expect you're going to see 
Elton John as the Phantom as of the, the Opera. The Opera. <laughs> Anyway, it uh, it gives you like a little bit of the sign of the times. Uh-huh. You know, it looks like a Greece or American graffiti poster. Mm-hmm. I'm the Phantom Man. Phantom Man. Sorry. <laughs> Did you like the musical? You look like a musical kind of guy, Brent. You know, I'm not a. I in general, I don't like musicals, but I did enjoy the Phantom of the Opera musical. I was first kind of turned on to that in. I guess that was. I guess that was high school for me. And uh, Michael Crawford's haunting voice and such. Then years later, in the late '90s, I got to see it live, mm. and with Michael Crawford, not with no. Michael Crawford. Okay. He had already moved on to other things. Mm-hmm. That but, was a big deal. I remember that came out right around when we were in high school. Yeah, and that was such a big deal. You'd see that everywhere, and it had Michael Crawford everywhere. Yeah. He's a big. It made a big star. He was already a. I think he was a comedian, and uh, and I, I wrote, I read somewhere that he did stunts. Really, one time I, I didn't know. know any of he that. He was an actor, no. yeah, but this just like exploded his career, and it's it's now the longest running show on Broadway. Yes, although uh, I guess you know since it's currently closed because all of Broadway is closed. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's still. I mean, when it reopens next year or this year, whatever. I guess every show will be the longest running show on Broadway because they'll all be tied because they just started up again well it's a classic story it's it's a classic um stalker romantic story right. now i guess you know and then then from the andrew lloyd Webber, they they created the film adaptation which had uh gerard butler as a phantom i heard about that but that which, was a, a movie now that was a movie okay. but it was a film adaptation of the of the musical so it was a musical and film version mm-hmm. it was well done the visuals and the directing and everything like that was very well done. Uh, we had John Voight in there, and John uh, Voight. you know, so but overall, you know, the musical version certainly again turns him more into a romantic hero. He's now the Phantom is now dashing, and if you can ignore the the small disfigurement that he covers with a little porcelain mask, he's it's like, why even bother? Right, you know, it's like it's so lame. It's like you might as well just put a band aid over a pimple. Oh, he's horribly disfigured. <laughs> ah! Oh man! But uh, now, but you know, rewinding again. <laughs> Back in 1989, Robert England starred in a film version of The Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. which I really wanted to review for this, but it's next to impossible to find. The only place I could find it available was on iTunes, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to have to download and configure iTunes just to watch this. I, I remember no, seeing yeah. it back in the late yeah, 80s, I remember. and obviously Robert England... That was he, at the height of his career, around... The- he was still, I think he was still tooling around with a... Right, he was still Freddy. Nightmare and yeah, stuff. And yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was... Uh, so, I, I don't remember much about that except enjoying it, but I might have just enjoyed it because it was Robert England. I know, I remember that the disfigurement of the Phantom for that one was much more severe. Mm. And yeah, because it was his whole... His whole face was like a burn victim. Right, yeah. Which is not far from Freddy. Freddy, right. It was just the Freddy of the opera at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so... But, and the uh, what struck me interesting was that uh, the Robert England version, a fan of the opera, came out before Dario Argento's nineteen ninety eight adaptation called Terror of the Opera. Yeah, I thought it was the other way around. I thought the Dario one was way older, like right. from the eighties, 
but it was actually uh, more recent. Right. Well, that's because Dario Argento's stuff just has this old look to it. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's uh, his, his, you know, it tends to be grainy and just kind of has an old style feel to it. Mm-hmm. What did you think of his uh, version of, of Terror of the Opera? It was... I mean, I, obviously we've discussed Dario Argento before with Suspiria, which is, I felt the worst. I don't want to talk about it! Okay, yep. I just don't like his style. I wasn't crazy about this film either. I've seen other movies from him, but uh, this one was kind of forgettable. It seemed like I was watching an old cheesy movie from Telemundo that's been dubbed, <laughs> you know? Right. And you happen to come across and, oh, God, move on. That's what it felt like to me. To yeah. me, I did like the fact that there were other things that were added, like that. There was, you know, typical Dario Argento gory elements, like right. when they pull that guy up and half of him is gone. Well, the yeah. at early on the 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 needles across the eyes, uh-huh. you know, that was just unnecessary. Weird. But uh, you know what? Let's add it in. Right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's yep. kind of... I did like. I I don't know why. I love that Ratmobile. Those two guys. <laughs> Shining down on rats with a vacuum and the saw blades. The uh, the the one guy then they crash and the one guy gets his head decapitated with a the blade. Right, like you, know. you do. Yeah, like it happens. You know. Right. Getting back to the still a love story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, still a love story. Still very romantic and. Let's uh, move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The Robert England version came out in 89. In 1990, I did watch... Well, I didn't watch this in 1990. It came out in 1990. Mm. I watched it this week. There was a uh, European miniseries of The Phantom of the Opera. BBC? And I, I think it was BBC. Mm. But it was certainly v- BBC style, whatever. But uh, The Phantom was played by Charles Dance, which most people know nowadays, uh, he's more recognizable as Tywin Lannister from the Game of Thrones. Mm. Now, granted, this was 30 years ago, so he looked 30 years younger, and they made a much more snarky version of the Phantom. In fact, there's this one scene where the Phantom has Christine down in the basement, and you hear Carlotta singing, uh, pre- rehearsing up above, and she's like, oh, oh, oh. and, uh, he makes a comment. He says, "Oh, do you hear that? They weren't kidding. This place is haunted." <laughs> you know, and just he was more less mysterious and like I said, more sarcastic and just yeah. You know what's cool about this though is that a lot of these Phantom of the Opera movies uh you could find for free on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I found the Charles Dance version and mm. such. You know, when when you consider all these iterations, and again, the Phantom over the years has kind of been diluted and watered down. But at its core, the Phantom is a creepy stalker. He's a fanboy who who likes Christine Daae, and he basically says, you're mine, mm. and you need to do what I say, and I will propel your career to new heights. As a character, the Phantom is not a nice guy. No. He's very jealous and possessive and borderline abusive. Although I don't recall in any any of the iterations we saw where he actually harmed Christine. And in fact, in some of the iterations, he, he gives his life up for her. Mm. But still, it's very definitely emotional abuse and, and gaslighting and such like that. So 
not a good guy. They but they really tone him down. They really make him. They really play him like an anti-hero in a lot of these, and mm-hmm. that's like for example, I even in the Terror of the Opera by Dario Argento, that one scene where that creepy guy is after the little girl, and then he kills that, that mm-hmm. guy. You know, so they kind of still even then are like trying to like, right? You know, turn him into something he's not. Right. Now, I know in one of the versions, I believe it was the Herbert Lom version, before it actually was made in, in an earlier script of that, they were trying to put forth that the Phantom, that Eric was actually Christine's father. But they took that out. Mm. You know, which Good. obviously would have totally changed the dynamic yeah. and such. But yeah, the whole you know, idea of I'm, you know, I'm the angel of music and such like that. Now it's interesting, totally unrelated to the movies or anything or anything like that. I was watching a, cause I'm a big fan of the music mm. and I was watching a performance uh, from Phantom of the Opera uh, during, it was an awards show or something like that. And Sarah Brightman, who was the original Christine in the Andrew Lloyd Webber version. In fact, she was his wife and he wrote the part for her. She, but she was performing with Antonio Banderas doing the part as a phantom. Mm. And it was very interesting. I didn't know Antonio could sing. But the funniest part was in, in – I was watching this on YouTube and I was reading through the comments. And one of the comments said uh, when he sings, sing my angel, my ovaries exploded. And I'm not even a woman. <laughs> you know, obviously – Antonio Banderas is a smooth individual. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think I think his look and his bearing and everything, I think he would have made a fantastic phantom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just everything about him, uh, you know, we've seen him as a vampire and we've mm. seen him as a, a tango instructor and stuff like that. He's just, he's, he's a suave individual. At, absolutely. If, if the, you know. He, he made a great uh, phantom. Right. I mean, mm. granted, trying to, make a Spaniard look like a, a Frenchman would be a little interesting. But, mm. uh, I mean, he'd have... They're he'd, neighbors. Spain and France. Yeah, but... Hell, 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 the Gypsy Kings aren't even Spanish. They're well, all French. Well, true. But the accent is a little different. Slightly. But, yeah, yeah, a little so, bit. But mm. digress. If, if they made a version of the Phantom of the Opera with Antonio Banderas as a phantom, I would see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love I love to see the scene where uh, Carlotta gets uh, the chandelier uh, crashed down on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of the numerous iterations, which is what's your favorite version? My favorite was still the 1925 version with Lon Chaney. With Lon Chaney. Yeah, absolutely. And I gave it um, I gave it seven skulls. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when it comes to horror movies, which is this is all about, obviously that was the most horrific version. Mm-hmm. And it was done really well for what they could do back in, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, yeah, Seven Skulls sounds about appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Had good production value, as I mentioned. I was looking at the the scenery and for the time, you know, it's just the sets were gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. And it even came through the black and white. Yeah. How all the work and detail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was a horror movie, which is what we're here for. Yes. And it, 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 it remained true to that. Right. It mm. did. Yeah. It was true to the original uh, novel and such. 
Now, my favorite version is, is certainly the the more modern, the the musical version, the the Andrew Lloyd Webber version, just because that was, like I said, my first exposure to the Phantom, and I've got a lot of good memories associated with that. Mm-hmm. Not only taking my wife to see it uh, live, but also I remember back way back when me and a bunch of friends we were we were on a camping trip or whatever, and we found this like natural. Not cavern, but it was like a a bowl in the side of a a cliff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was just we were surrounded on three sides, and for some reason we just started singing phantom songs and whatever. And it was just the way it echoed through the. It's <laughs> a lot of good memories with that. Mm-hmm. Well, but, what did you uh, think of Dario Argento's version? Well, like I said, I'm I'm not a fan of Dario, and I wasn't really a fan of that version. So it was too much of a departure Mm -hmm. it was obviously inspired by the phantom of the opera but it certainly wasn't the phantom of the opera and so and what was the mask the 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 phantom didn't even wear a mask yeah it was just uh he wasn't even disfigured yeah he was just uh, a sleazeball yeah he was a sleazeball yeah yeah. three stars three three skulls i mean he was more like you know the the used car salesman of the Mm -hmm. opera he reminded me of the terrorist from die hard one the first die hard Remember the one with the long blonde hair? That, oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. That that we think he's dead, and at the end, he's going about to shoot him. Yes. Yeah, that's who he reminded. Every, throughout the whole movie, I kept thinking, is that the same guy? But it's not. At first, I thought you were talking about Alan Rickman. I was like, oh. what? <laughs> All right, well, uh, so this, you know, some people might be thinking, why did we choose the Phantom of the Opera? Well, that was a viewer request, or listener request, I guess, not viewer, but a listener request. So thank you, Michelle, for... Uh, for requesting that, and I hope we uh, our review did it justice, and and you enjoyed this episode. Hey Michelle, check out Phantom of the Paradise and tell us what you think. Send yeah. us an email too. Oh, I send our emails to shriekpreviews at gmail dot com. You can check us out on Instagram, which is Shriek Previews, and of course you can find all of our wonderful episodes at shriekpreviews dot dot at shriekpreviews dot buzzsprout dot com. It looks like I threw you off there when right. I said that. Oh yes, of course. It's from her. <laughs> As I adjust my monocle and <laughs> prepare to purchase, yeah, prepare to purchase a, an opera, not knowing that it's it's run by a, a mysterious phantom figure who insists that one of the opera boxes is left vacant for his use. <laughs> I'll be getting right on that. Just let me let just let me load a cigarette into my cigarette holder really quick, right? And and curl my mustache, my handlebar <laughs> mustache. Uh, now I sound like a you know an old silent an movie, guy th- movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Snidely Whiplash. Snidely Whiplash or Wario from the Nintendo games. I like yeah. the monocle. <laughs> nice Thank you. Well, you know, I, I try. So <laughs> any any final words, Dan? No. Um, check it out. Yeah, especially the old 1925 uh, version. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, now keep in mind those of you who were who were listening to this, anyone who was born after the year 1970, 
will probably look at this early version and, and be like, wow, this is incredibly dull because being a silent film with no real dialogue, I mean, the only the only quote-unquote spoken word is the words on the screen, It's you've got to pay attention and it's it it yeah. can drag at times it can i mean but that was old entertainment right, that's at the how time. it was i mean these were this yeah. is moving pictures this is this is new technology showbiz, showbiz. <laughs> anyway um, um lon cheney also just on his own is a great actor to to look into and check out some of his other movies like oh uh, yeah uh, I wasn't think, he the Wolfman? Wasn't East of he... Zanzibar? No, that was a son. Lon Chaney Jr. was a Wolfman. Oh, that's right. From yes. Universal Studios. Yes. Uh, but there was London After Midnight, but which you can't even see because uh, the copies are lost, or the only copy they had. I don't know, but it, you can't see it. You can't find it anywhere. Uh, it's like the Robert England Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yep. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next week for another exciting episode of. Shriek previews! (laughs) Down a dark, cold corridor. Down a dark, cold corridor. Down a dark, cold corridor lurks a masked figure. I didn't like that. Down a dark, cold corridor lurks a masked figure. Strange occurrences that lead to desperation. Creepy stalker or romantic hero? Today, by listener request, we examine the numerator. We, ex- <laughs> we examine the numerous iterations of the Phantom of the Opera on Shriek Previews. All right. Okay. That's workable. I'll have to do some editing, but it's workable. <laughs> and I'm thinking. Hello, everyone. It's the. <laughs> it's the what? <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Stop it, stop it. I got this. Hello, everyone. This is the Nefarious... Nefarious? Nefarious? Nefarious Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs>